Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Doe's Nose. This episode's being brought to you in part by Kona Boy's Green Organic Superfood Brew, Hurley, Oakley, GoPro, Kona Coffee and Tea, Maverick Sport Fishing, Original Nutritionals, and Mocha Lele Airlines. Don't forget, if you're ever in Venice Beach, go check out Deuce Jam. It's the best jam on the planet. It's right on Lincoln. Um, go check out Logan and Lindsay. And these guys will help customize a workout designed especially for you. Whether you're 8 or 80 or you're into strongman or cardio or CrossFit or weight training, you name it, they've got it all. Just go check them out. They'll get you all fit and uh, get you dialed in with some of the supplements from Original Nutritionals. And I think they even have caveman coffee served on tap there. It's pretty sick. Um, one of Tate Fletcher's deals. And uh, so go check them out. Deuce Gem in Venice Beach. You're going to love these guys. Don't forget, you can find me on all social media, such as Dozer Dave on Instagram. Um, Doze Nose Podcast is my new Instagram page. Um, Dozer Dave Barnett on Facebook. Uh, Doze Nose on um, Facebook as well is the as the Doze Nose Podcast is the same thing on Facebook as it is on Instagram. Uh, Dozer Dave Knows on Twitter and my website, dozenose.com, where you get to see a more in-depth look at our guests and uh, links to all our sponsors and great deals that they've got going on with Doze Knows promos. And that's yeah, pretty cool. So go check that all out. Um, this week, I am going back for more. Uh, or at least I, my guest is coming back for more. It's uh, the one, the only Nissan Osternick. And he's over here and he did a big dive trip with a friend of mine, Hans Butzer. And uh, he's, he's a radical guy himself. Um, just kind of radio shy. But uh, it's all right. Uh, Nissan will make up for it for him. And, uh, but yeah, we got to sit down and have a good talk. We went to the beach yesterday. Did a Memorial Day weekend uh, barbecue with venison, burgers, and sunsets, all at Kehola Bay. It's such a beautiful, beautiful place. And and tonight before we left on Mogalele Airlines, um, we got to sit down and uh, just bullshit about things that have been going on. And so, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. Listen, welcome to Doe's Nose, or welcome back to Doe's Nose. And welcome back to Doze Nose. It's a real honor to be sitting here with you, Doze, in, in this uh, beautiful scenery. Tell, tell everybody where we're sitting right now. Um, we're sitting right here at Kamakahonu Bay, right on the pier in Kailua, Kona Town. And uh, we're experiencing the king tide that everybody's been talking about so much on the news. And <clears throat> I guess whenever... And everybody's like, what is this King Tide thing? But uh, it's, uh, I guess it's a real thing. And, and uh, I remember as a kid coming down and seeing this, this be- beautiful little harbor that hasn't really changed at all. I remember a kid skimboarding right down on the little, little lamp landing zone over there. And yeah. Since I was a little grom. So this is a... Kona was always a really fun place to visit from... One island over. Well, what's really cool is all of this old Hawaiian um, architecture and everything that's going on here from the ancient Hawaiians. You know, this is where King Kamehameha used to come and hang out. And I, I don't even know what that they would call that hale right there. It's um, Poapa. Is that what it is? I, I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Um, but it's super, super sick. It's got tikis all around it. It's uh, kind of offset all by <laughs> itself. Um, kind of a man-made rock structure it's sitting on. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's really, really sick. This place got really destroyed. Um, we had a lot of damage during that Japanese tsunami. 
Um, the King Kamehameha Beach Hotel right here was under like four feet of water. Yeah. Um, all of Elite Drive just got flooded. All the shops and stores right there just completely underwater. So, you know, they've really put everything back. And uh, it's looking really, really good. I had to call Uncle Billy to come re- rebuild it, probably. Well, Uncle Billy's dead now. Well, other other Uncle Billy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You've had a good week, man. You've been. We've had our friend Hans over here. Yeah. Hans Butzer. Yeah, I wish he could have joined us, but he had to get back to work and uh, save lives out in the the west side of Maui. So yeah. we'll, have to, we'll get him next time. But well, yeah, we went we went down south and uh, just swam around and explored some new zones because the wind was nice and uh, just just our normal routine, you know, get in the water and just feel that uh insignificance around nature you know that we're not at the top of the food chain and uh, just a time to really not talk and reflect and hans is already pretty uh quiet guy so (laughs) it's a really good uh mindful activity (laughs) understatement yeah like hunting and diving and you know when you're fishing on the kayak or whatever those are all awesome times because you're really you're it's just you right you know especially you know it's you against you you with nature now, you guys were down at South Point uh, spearfishing, right? Uh, yeah, or we were, were you, down there. Were you fishing off the kayaks as well? Uh, no, we just we just, just went, diving. Yeah, we just dove off the kayaks because we could cover more ground and just kind of check out new spots, like I said, because the, the wind was uh, was more mellow. But, yeah, it's gotten uh, pretty pretty crazy down there. I mean, I've, I've only been diving down there for probably less than 10 years, and uh, mm-hmm. It's a lot. Of, a lot of more people are. Guys are showing up from all over the world to to kayak fish and dive down there. And it's. I mean, there's no shortage of fish. Uh, right. The pelagics, anyway. Well, you see a lot of guys. They were actually uh, fishing from the cliffs, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of marlins and sailfish and ahi are caught right off the cliffs because the water's so deep right there. It's pretty yeah, crazy. It's one of the only uh, places in the world you can catch pelagics from shore. That's for sure. We actually took the kayaks around out there and just kind of checked out the grounds way on the outside. And mm-hmm. I was actually surprised to see that it was actually shallower in spots than I thought it would have been. And, like, even closer to the cliffs you get, it gets deeper. It's pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah. It's but, some of the best cliff jumping around, too. Yeah. I love that spot. Super safe, but somehow a, a tourist l- guy, uh, so one, a guy separated his shoulder the lady tried to jump in after him to save him, broke her leg. Oh, my God. And then the helicopter had to come lift them, lift them both out of there while I was down there. <laughs> well, the sketchiest part is the ladder going up. Yeah. Just because it's, it's so ancient. It's so ancient, yeah. and it's in, like, so many pieces, and it's just, like, all of a sudden it bends one way and mm-hmm. then bends another way. And, but it's so much fun, dude. It's something mm-hmm. that all the kids are, are raised over here doing. You know, you got to go down to South Point. At least a couple of times a year and jump off a cliff and do flips and so much fun. Oh, it's gorgeous down there. If there was deer down there, I could I could live down there for sure. I keep telling Nikki that I want to want to move down there and just have a little homestead. And yeah, there's supposed to be deer, but I mean I mean like deer, like you know loaded deer, like I, I'm used to. If we if I could right. get off and just hunt and fish there, I mean and grow my own food, that like you totally can, and, and even have some livestock. Like that's. That's the, that'd be that's my favorite place. Well, that place, if there was still deer down there, it's like insane. You know, they could totally populate. Perfect habitat. The Christmas berry, all the grass. You know, right across the road, it's super super green. You got Kahuku Ranch right there. Yeah, they like it not too not too wet, and that's like the the most their favorite kind of climate. You know, exactly right. how it is down south. But it's it's kind of weird because like over in Maui, you have. The deer that live over in Kihei and McKenna area, Wailea, mm-hmm. way where it's like ultra, ultra dry. There's like, where's the water? They got to put out water troughs for the deer. Oh, the golf courses is where the water's right? at. That too. But um, then you go up to Kula and it's raining all the time, super green, super lush, and they're all over the place up there. Uh, and they're, they move quite a bit, a lot more than you would think. Like they can, they can cover, they can go, like it's only about four miles probably from, from like Kihei up to where I live, not uh-huh. even. So, and they can walk and cover that ground. So if they get really thirsty, they'll kind of bed down in the, in the Kiaves and then they'll walk up at night and then that's where they come. four miles? Feet. Something like that, yeah. It's it looks not, like 15 miles. No, no, it's not far at all. It's not. It's from, huh. from down country to up, like where I'm at. You know, it gets it gets narrower, 
um, the roads kind of get really close. Like when you go to Lower Canal, it's probably like not even two, two and a half miles to like some of the resorts from my buddy's house at the bottom of Lower Canal Road, like huh. into the Palaku and stuff. Huh. Yeah, it's close. Well, um, you just shot, you just had your birthday. What's that? You just had your birthday. Oh, yeah. And you got old. Her. Yeah, I got older. I'm still, you got, no one's asked me how old I am yet. I'm still <laughs> not even. <laughs> Are you going to tell us? Just turned 37 years young. Jeez Louise. Looking hard good. Hard miles, though. hard miles. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, for your birthday present, uh, you got a brand spanking new Matthews bow. Oh, my Just God. decked out. Arrows, broadheads, case. The whole shebang. It's like thousands of dollars worth of gear right Uh, there. Not really, because I I traded in my old stuff, and so I really upgraded, and it wasn't that. That's why I was like, I need to buy a new string. Uh, What did did I get? What bow? The Halon. Yeah, I got the Halon 32 at the six-inch brace height, and, I mean, Matthews doesn't even have to pay me because I like the bow so much. I I (laughs) I don't think they'll pay you anyway. I got to just hand it to them how how good of a a product they got. Um, I shot all out of the other, the newer Bowtex and the new Hoyts, and they're they're all awesome bows. I I, I feel confident shooting any of the bows, but just as a matter of feel, I just feel it just is in my hand, and when I release the arrow, just everything, the the whole... package is just really really nice and, and comfortable it's like a cadillac that's, that's how i see it so, so smooth yeah matthews are definitely the best bows i think but you know there's so many i shoot a matthews mm-hmm. I, i'm still shooting the creed xs yeah but i love that bow yeah. it's still like brand new to me and even though i got so many miles on that dang thing and shot so many animals but it works man yeah and it's super light mm-hmm. and i just i just haven't uh decided to upgrade yet because i'm still so happy with this one yeah i just like i said i needed a new string and a new uh new sight for my um my z7 extreme and the and the limb to limb was just a little shorter i think so when, when i decided to get to upgrade i got the longer distance and i think that's going to improve the accuracy so i can be like you know you guys shooting you know up to 90 yards and haven't been effective yeah well, well tell me what happened you got this bow mm-hmm. and so the first day you go out on your birthday and you shoot a massive buck <laughs> i'm talking this thing is a dozer nah. it's a dozer dude it his has body so was much huge. mass his body was yeah it was a big when i when i saw it when i saw his olos when i when i got i was like oh this thing is a big 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 boy like he was and I grabbed his, his antler, and I could, it was like grabbing somebody's wrist. It was like, you know, yeah, I could barely fit thick. my hand around it. Yeah. Yeah. But I was just stoked to get one down, and it didn't walk very far. You know, it killed over right away, and just with the new... Um, so know. walk us through the stock. Uh, I was going to go hunt a new area, and I was driving uh, down to go to past my normal hunting zone, which is like my little honey hole, and I just looked back, and I just saw like a huge buck standing it was just, you know, it was probably like six, six o'clock, six thirty, and I just saw one huge, huge buck kind of sitting on this hillside, and I was like, God, all right. So I didn't go hunt the new spot. I just hunted my old spot, and uh, it's kind of hard to pass that up. Yeah, when you're something exactly. Like that. So I, I had I had a bunch of obstacles to go through, and it was it was a really fun hunt, and I was just stoked to. Uh, How far was the shot? Uh, it was like forty two yards or something, and I kind of uh, one another doe or something started. I think it smelt me or something. It was because it's just when the wind was about to change. It was uh-huh. like right at like eight thirty probably. It took me a while to get on him. I had to take my time, and uh, I think one of the does kind of got a whiff of. Uh, of me or something so i they started barking and i kind of drew back but it was a quartering shot and that's why i'm sitting up wind of you right yeah. now so i don't get a whiff of you <laughs> and uh yeah it was it was i was just really blessed and, and lucky and it had i mean it was a huge body it's was, it was, it been a while since i had cleaned like a body that big and had mm-hmm. a back straps that big and it just had so much more meat compared to a what like, do you think it weighed around 250 no, I don't. I could. I don't know. I I could barely get it in the truck uh, after I gutted it. So I know it was heavy. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think it was that big. But it was definitely definitely heavy. And um, are you gonna mount it? No, 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 no. I don't. Uh, I I usually just keep some of the antlers because just just for for a remembrance of you mm-hmm. know all the hunts that I that I successful it's, ones. It's crazy. Same thing with me. You know, I I have all these antlers and mm-hmm. stuff and um and and rams heads and four jaw bones and you know i can sit here and look at each and every one of them and mm-hmm. remember the exact everything that happened in that hunt yeah 
You know, yep. it's it's so much fun remembering, reminiscing. Totally. And, and like, I don't have any shoulder full mounts or anything. I just haven't ever, I don't know, it's not really my style, but I like, like, the European style mount, and that's, uh, you know, plenty enough to, to, to bring back the memory of it, even though the, the animal in his hole is, is gorgeous. But I just, it's just more of my style. Just, Do you ever keep any of the hides? You know what? I, every time I clean one, I'm just like, why am I throwing this away? Because every every part of the animal can be used for something like a lot of people i i save the the the, the liver and the heart so i eat mm-hmm. i eat some and even a guy was buying like the 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 genitals for on 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 the on the bucks for uh for cents for for cents but i think it will more for like cents for to be you know yeah. keep you strong down there yeah but they also do it for to hold your coins Oh yeah! Oh, you're talking about a point, a coin purse. I'm not talking about the balls. Purse. I'm actually talking about the penis. Like they make a tincture oh, wow. out of it. The Chinese do, and they—it's like a testosterone boost. Supposedly, I haven't ever tried it, but um, yeah, there's there's just every part. You know, they they you can take the the antlers uh, when they're in velvet and grind it down, and that's what the deer horn antler uh, test boosts because that's the fastest growing thing in the animal kingdom is right. the the antlers of 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 deers. I mean, it grows. Of deer, it grows like an inch a day on some. Huh. The the, the velvet the deer or the antler. The antler. <laughs> we're not talking about you now. We're talking about the deer. <laughs> but yeah, so I definitely so, would like to start tanning some. So eyes. eat a deer dick and you'll get strong. I, I don't know if you eat it so much as they make like a tincture and they uh, and I. I try to stay away from any kind of dick. I deer or any kind. Yeah, and I, I don't I don't have any issues th- down there. But if I did, I I would try it. Who knows? I mean, it's it's natural. It's not like you're buying a Viagra or a Cialis, and who knows what what that'll end well, up doing. I, th- I think what you need to do is get your testosterone checked mm-hmm. first. Okay. Because um, I'll do that. I went to the doctor the other day to a couple <laughs> of weeks ago to get a full checkup, right? Uh-huh. And I'm like, well, you know, I see all these commercials on TV. Um, you know, you're getting to be this age, your testosterone levels are dropping and you need the testosterone and other guys I'm talking to, you know, some cop friends of mine and they're like, yeah, man, I'm on testosterone. I'm feeling great. Mm -hmm. You know? And so I went to my doctor. I was like, well, maybe I should get my testosterone checked, you know? And, uh, he's like, yeah. He goes, are you, you know, feeling wimp in bed or whatever? I'm like, no, I'm a Scorpio, you know? And uh, he's like, you really, you don't? I said, just test it anyway. And uh, sure enough, the test came back. You know, I'm, my testosterone levels are super high. So, you know, maybe get that stuff tested before you start thinking about. Hey, yeah, well, I, they were just wanting it. So I, I just saved right. it for them. Like, I didn't do right. it myself. So I was saving the heart and the liver. Um, you know, both, and, and sometimes they'd, yeah. they'd get a request for a penis. So. <laughs> but yeah, the hides, definitely, I, I want to, you know, set up, I need, I need to build a barn and be able to have a little zone to, to start tanning some of the hides because they're so, they're so beautiful. We'll see all the hides that I have in my house. Yeah, they're Those gorgeous. Those are so soft and uh, mm-hmm. everybody wants them when they come in. They're like, can you get me one? Can mm-hmm. you get me one? And it's super easy. It only takes me a couple extra minutes and then I just roll it up. Um, stick it in the freezer, mm-hmm. come back, throw some salt on it, and uh, yeah, the tanning guys take it from there. It's only a hundred bucks with shipping and everything. Yeah, I'd like to do it on my own if I was going to do it, but yeah, I, I, I should. And I just, I actually uh, keep that one out really nice until the very end. And I'm just like, I, I'm not, I just was like, damn, this is so pretty, but right. Yeah, I mean, each, we figure if you were to sell retail, each deer could be worth up to like, over 10 grand. Oh, easy. Yeah. Easy. Or 15 grand even, you yeah. you got people that want the antlers for, you know, the, what is that antler? The um, deer, yeah, the spray. No, not just the spray, but there's for the... For jewelry, for anything. Or the deer, deer velvet, like when they're in velvet. Yep. Um, that's like a hot pill that everybody takes these days. Yeah, that's the testosterone. It's like pure testosterone. Uh-huh. Yeah. In the antler. In the antler, because that, that's what I was saying. It grows so fast, that's all testosterone gotcha. Gotcha. that's growing. Yeah. And then you got all these people that want to make purses and um, chaps, chaps, luggage. It's it's endless. Luggage, bikinis, bikinis. <laughs> oh my god! You know these are the most beautiful deer on the planet. Yeah, by and, far. And then the but to me, you know, it's all about the meat. It is the sweetest, best tasting meat, and we got to eat a bunch of it yesterday. You know, we went down um, 
for Memorial Day weekend here down at Kehola Bay, and we had a killer barbecue. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And Anytime. It was some of the best backstrap and burgers, venison burgers. Everybody mopped it. Yeah, and, and I, I made the burger, like, I, I, lo- I love making burger, but, I mean, some, some of the, 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 I like to say the middle-aged ones, the smaller ones, like, you can cook any part of it any which way, and it's really hard to screw up. But when you get a huge buck like that one, it, when you just, the burgers, you know, it's just so much easier to digest, but you can do it any which way you want. But, yeah, the, uh, the I mean, I love venison more than uh, beef. I'm just, I'm, I just don't eat beef hardly at all anymore. Yeah, well, right now, especially with a big buck like that, because they are in rut, which is the mating Mm-hmm. season right now so actually that one was like in hard velvet and that's when i oh, find really? the most the most fat on them is before they turn hard is when they're still in their velvet the uh-huh. bucks before they get all rutted out they have just tons of fat on them yeah. and, and it's just like a um a doe before it has birth you know it right. gives birth it's got a bunch of fat on it too well the one thing about the deer whenever they do start rutting is you know just like an elk or anything else they they won't eat during the whole time that they're rutting They'll just, all they want to do is scrap mm-hmm. and try and get as many does as they can, you know. Exactly. So, so you want to get them before. Yeah. But if you're, a, if you're a, a trophy hunter, you want to get them during because that's when they're hard and they look the nicest. And right. if you're going to do a mount, which is cool too. Nice. How many deer do you think you've shot before? How many deer have I shot? Yeah. Um, so they're li- literally in your backyard. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure. I never really thought about it. But yeah, definitely over 100. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Fed so many families. Because you're always sending it over here to me as well, too, when I can't get Yeah. That. People are like, what are you going to do with all this meat? You know, we get more than one. And we get like right. a couple. And I'm just like, I don't know. But it seems to just disappear because I don't have any. <laughs> and I, man, right. I eat it all. I don't sell any of it. And, and I just try to feed uh, my family. I have a big family. And we, for some reason, have people over to do barbecues quite a bit. And my brother fishes. And I, I fish sometimes. And. We're just uh, just the just the family that always has people over to enjoy, you know, what we what we've harvested. Yeah. Well, the deer are like ants over there too. They're freaking everywhere. Like, yep. h- how many years have they been on Maui? Not uh, long. Uh, they're introduced, I think, like in the thirty years ago. The fifties, I think, or was it the fifties? Yeah, they're in this. I'm not sure. There's a discrepancy of when they're actually they're brought to Hawaii is, or when they were actually released on Maui. Yeah, and they and the population is skyrocketed yeah i never really saw them until i was in my in my early teens and then since then it's become like exponential growth but they're everywhere and they're they're all they're, you can hear them nonstop, like every yeah. night 100 percent, you're gonna hear them yeah yeah now have you been on any trips anywhere lately over where anywhere uh what have you been doing trips yeah, always. Uh, well, I went to Oahu a couple of weeks ago, and we did our surf day. Uh, Maliola. Maliola, yes. Uh, Sunny, Sunny uh, hosted it, and uh, wasn't it his birthday as well too? Yep, yep. And we're gonna hopefully do a couple stops this summer um, on our on our national tour, uh, which we do every year, which is a great time. Um, I went to Oregon and. Saw my cousin get married when we went snowboarding. Yeah, just all a couple leisure things. But I really been working at home a lot, just getting our our farm all dialed in. Especially because it's we've been getting a lot of rain, and uh, we have we have some help over there. Uh, we have like four workers right now, so we're just putting them all tackling some big projects. We've planted about like I'd say over fifty trees in the last uh, two months, and ran irrigation to all of it. And uh, we're just we're just really really getting our place dialed in and that's been like a full-time job um we're gonna have tons of produce uh we we already have some but we're gonna have probably five times as much in the next few months and it's just gonna be a surplus we'll be able to to be fully self-sustaining and which is which is really really uh important to me and and i love eating what i what i grow and what i harvest so what about having a well a well yeah that would be cool. I mean, I got that's got to be in the budget. We could totally, um, we could build a well. Um, that would be the one thing if we did, if the shit did hit the fan, we would need probably, but because it doesn't rain as much as I'd like in Kula. <laughs> I dropped that thing. Um, yeah, shoot. Uh, so anyway, sorry, I had to move around over here. What else has been going on? 
Because the last time I was at your house uh, was when we did the podcast last. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got to come back and see what we've what we've done. But um, we're just we're just kind of we have a list and we're just checking one thing off at a time. It's, it's hard to it's hard to you can get kind of scrambled eggs with so much uh, things we want to do and get overwhelmed. But we're just trying to check off everything that we need uh, to survive and and that we want that we can produce because there's the really the possibilities are endless. We got some sheep. Did you were you there when we had some sheep yet? Oh yeah. So we got some sheep and they just had some some babies and uh we're not i'd like to maybe one day start making some some cheese some and babies milk of your and, own and some babies of my own gotta yeah. ask nikki about that yeah yeah but I, um, I think she'd be down yeah um now just, you, uh north carolina what about that you uh, got a house over there in south carolina yeah it's in myrtle beach that's where i went to college it's used to be our summer hangout and my dad just went over and it's a, the golf cap of the world and it's a great place to visit in the summertime there's all kinds of action now where is charleston is that in south carolina yeah that's two hours south of myrtle beach and okay that's charleston's that's, got a lot more history it's that's an the only old, place i've been to charleston's great it's got like i said it's got a lot of history and it's got uh really really good food really good food yeah but it's so old school yeah, you can take downtown tours to where they had the old markets, and they say they didn't sell slaves there, but it's pretty much they called it the, the old slave markets and stuff. And well, the crazy thing was, you know, I went there to check out a couple of golf courses over there, Keogh Island, mm-hmm. Daniels Island, and um, the architect that I was working for at the time, he's like, okay, well, we're about to build this golf course right here in Kona. And he goes, I want the same style. Can you implement that? So he flew me out there, and I'm checking out these golf courses. I'm staying at the Embassy Suites mm-hmm. right downtown Charleston. Yep. And, um, and they're still almost like back in the olden days where, you know, the blacks are um, still all the workers, you know. And, uh, and it was like that everywhere I went. And... The way that they would talk to you is, yes, sir, you know, and um, I was just blown away. I was like, whoa, hey, my name's Toes, you know, mm-hmm. but um, it was like super, super old school. It is. It's the it's the traditional South. I've actually played Daniel's Island Golf Course, too, oh, by the way. You? That's a great course. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 the architecture. All the all the all the stuff is from like the 1800s. It's like original that they've preserved and you know they have all the monuments with uh where where some of the major battles that actually started the civil war was right down to charleston where they started really? yeah so it's, it's you can take a tour on the on a wagon with horses and stuff it was town. it was really cool because it was all kind of marshy looking and bayou looking mm-hmm. and uh with all these little islands and just rivers and crap running through it yeah i never actually got to see the ocean yeah, those are like big inlets they call them, and uh, the if you, you got to drive around off onto the Folly Island, which is there's like a little bridge that goes over, and then then you can see where the ocean is. It was actually a pretty decent surf out in Folly Beach, huh. but um, yeah, there's there's really How's good the fishing. Fishing is good. Inlets. Yeah, all the inlets they're loaded with redfish, black drum, and um, flounder. Is it salt water? Yeah, it's salt water. Yep. Okay. Yep. And there's there's oysters and clams and Freaking I mean crocs everywhere. Alligators. Yeah, yeah, gators. There's gators and uh but they're 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 pretty mellow. They're nothing like crocodiles. They're not gonna try to come attack you. I mean people do get bit here and there, but they're they're just trying to do their own thing. Well you're seeing those uh alligators in Florida right now on the golf courses that are just Freaking monsters. Dinosaurs. We get them in Myrtle Beach too. Like you just big? be playing and there's this one like 20 feet away from you just getting a suntan and you're just hitting your ball and they're yeah, not but you've seen these things that are walking across the oh golf i saw course. that one that yeah. one that was like 18 feet or something it's crazy freaking crazy yeah that was cool yeah it's nice thing, to see that they're still out there oh my god it's the size of a truck mm-hmm. yeah that's that's nuts have you ever been alligator hunting no i never i never had my my friends that when i was living there they went a few times and they go at night and you got to get a tag and stuff but i never went it with it actually seems kind of boring because you, they seem like they're all over the place. Like what I'm watching on TV, and then all they do is they shoot them. 
Oh, yeah, well, that. those guys are baiting them and catching them. The, the, when, the ways that they do it that I saw, they just go at night and they see them and they just shoot them, like, standing out of the boat. Right. Which is definitely challenging, but, you, you know, you want to make it sure you get an ethical shot and you you got to shoot it in the head, obviously. But right. Yeah, I just never uh, – I've eaten alligator, and it's, it's not bad, actually. But uh, No, I love it. Fried alligator tail, yeah. Cajun style. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, Cajun food is probably my favorite food of all the – yeah, they got Foods. they got awesome. They're, when I go to Charleston, I just go to like the the. I'll just ask around, what's the best, you know, hottest new spot. I had some meals down there. I was just like blown away with the flavors, you know, because the seafood is so fresh. You don't really, I mean, but they still just make these dishes that are just like, God, oh, I wish I could recreate this. So good. Right now, it's also like right now a springtime hot spot too, right? Myrtle Beach and all that. Yep, springtime is good because all the all the people from up north are like God, they're just almost almost to you know summer when they they just want to get down and get some sun on their skin and get in the ocean and so that's why it's a hot spring break uh, destination. What about bull sharks? Yeah, there's sharks definitely. In I've the seen, inlets as well. Uh, yep. There's like if you look on YouTube, I mean that's where they get all those good videos of someone like pulling in a fish and a bull shark will grab it. My dad was pulling in a redfish, uh-huh. and the thing he was bringing it to his kayak, and the shark came up like a foot from his hand and bit the fish in half. And he's got a picture of him holding up like half of like a like a ten pound red drum. Wow! And uh, I actually was attacked by a shark when I was in Myrtle Beach. Uh, it was during a, I never really told anybody cause back then I, I was teaching surfing right uh-huh. in front of my house right. and I just, it was just bad for business. So. Right. But I was, uh, we're, it was a hurricane and there were sharks and fish everywhere. It was like right after a hurricane had passed or it was coming. I can't remember which and the surf was good for once. So I was like, I'm definitely surfing. And my friends went out with me and they're like, oh dude, I'm going in. This is like, the, there were sharks everywhere. I've heard fe- stories feeding about. on the, on the yeah. schools of fish. Cause they come in, uh, they got pushed in or whatever by the storm. Right. And I was like, dude, I, I, I was like, whatever, I'm just going to surf. And then I remember I caught my last wave, caught it in, and I jumped off my board. And I was like, there's a, like a little trough sometimes on high tide, right, uh-huh. where the water edges. And that's where the sharks hang out a lot of times, which I didn't really think about it until I jumped off my board. And I was like, damn, I thought I was in like knee-deep water, but I was in like waist-deep water uh-huh. or almost to my chest. And so as soon as I jumped off... Like two seconds later, I felt a tug on my leg and it was, it grabbed my leash and I almost didn't wear a leash that day, but it was coming from my leg and ran into my leash, like a foot away from my leg and pulled me backwards. And I just like dug my other foot in, in the, in the sand and just like levitated out of the water and got out and, and, you know, my board kind of floated in, you know, a few minutes later and it bit my board and bit my leash in half. No way. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not making it up. And I, these tourists are walking on the beach. I was like, how's this? They're like, oh my God, are you okay? Did you see the shark? No, I didn't see it, but I knew it immediately. I was, it was a shark yeah. when it grabbed my leg and I yeah. started getting dragged backwards. Well, you see those aerial shots and surfers in the water and there's like hundreds. Uh, you'll see the schools of fish and then hundreds of sharks. Yeah, which just goes to show that they're not trying to eat you, but the water's so murky. I've seen a shark bum rush this, I was like 15, 20 feet away from this this girl that was in the ocean, and the thing came up out of the water, just like a Jaws movie, and just brushed her, and I was watching the whole thing. I was like, oh, shit, this thing, it looked like a dinosaur. It was like, I think it was like a nurse shark because it had the double, like, kind of uh, dorsal fin. Uh-huh. And it just, she just, like, screamed and it ran right by her. And I was like, are you all right? It, it, <laughs> it could have bit her in half. Right. But didn't, you know. So I've seen some some stuff over there. And there's a, there's a lot of sharks. And there are a lot of smaller sharks. But there are big ones, too. But, um, yeah. Did you, you see that video the other day up in Monterey where it was a kayaker? Some guy from the shore just happened to be videotaping this kayaker, and he got attacked by a huge great white. Literally flipped him out of the kayak. The great white's coming out of the water and just fully attacking this kayak. Forgot about the guy, but just full-blown attacking. Luckily, the sailboat cruises up and grabs the guy. Oh, the God. Like, Get me the fuck out of the water, man. Yeah, it was so heavy. And you feel pretty safe when you're in a kayak. At least I do, anyway. Like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm out of harm's way, so that that's really... That sucks. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they don't the care. East Coast is getting, he's got all those bull sharks. The West Coast is just getting nailed with tons of great whites. Well, man. that's because there's 
there's less and less fish in the ocean, and that's one of the main things about the, what's happening to the world is our sustainability and like our practices. Right. You know, because there's it's not that there's more sharks, there's more humans that are eating more fish that are taking we're competing with the sharks. Right. And uh, I don't know. And we're really bad about it here in Hawaii as well too. Bad about what exactly? <laughs> about taking a lot of fish. Yeah. And, and especially fish that are super important to the environment. That's exactly right, Dozer. It's, it's very, very, especially with, with the way that social media trends are going these days, like people are trying to, they're, they're, they're taking fish because they think it's like what everybody's doing and that's the cool thing to do that are actually not fish that should be being taken in, in like a commercial uh, sense, especially a lot of the reef fish. They just found out that paired fish are like one of the, the uhus are one of the most important uh, essential fish to keeping the reef healthy. Absolutely. You know, they bite off all the, all the stuff on the reef to, to help the reef keep regrowing. And I think in Maui now, you're not allowed to spear any of the blue uhus anymore, any of the mm. male uhus, which I think is, you know, if, it, if it's really true what uh, well, they say. You which, see it over here, you know, everybody's Instagram page, and they'll have like 20, 30 of them that they just got done spearing. They're all laid out on the driveways and stuff like that. And, they're all super stuck, but you know, like you said, they are the ones that help protect the reef. They're also the ones that create sand yep. for the island. You know, they eat the corals, the old corals. They chew them up, and they shit out sand. Yep. And like in Tavarua, you are not allowed to shoot any wrasse, mm-hmm. any kind of parrotfish. And uh, super, super important. Yeah, I think it needs to start at at. At home, like with educating your kids about what what's a good fish to harvest, and and like yeah, if you if you if you're out camping and you want, you're trying to get dinner, I mean go for it. Like take take some fish off the reef that that you're you, gonna eat right. That you're there. gonna eat right there. Like I went diving just the other day with my three prong. I, I hadn't dove with a three prong in a while, and I said, okay, there's there's four of us or five people. So I, and I had some venison too. I, I speared like three minpachis and. Maybe two uh, or three yellow coles, right? And that's what we ate. And it was a perfect amount, and I was like, I almost shot one more. And I was like, I think that's good, and it ended up being the perfect amount of fish, right? But I mean, there's there's so many like other fish that you can harvest, you know, with with your spear or with your pole that you'll never be able to make a dent in their population, and it won't have any any uh, impact on the environment, and that's just what. The government needs to, un, you know, there needs to be better uh, resource uh, mm-hmm. uh, management, I should say, uh, especially with our bottom fish and our reef fish, because those ones don't rep, they don't rep, um, reproduce like some of the pelagic species, like mahis and tunas and right. stuff like that. Which the only way you can deplete those species is by doing the long lines, but more even like the surround nets is the the biggest problem with the those the pelagic fish, which are our biggest resource that that are really hard to to uh, deplete, but what do you, what do you think about um, you know Donald Trump? He's opening up all these areas now, or or uh, bringing it back into discussion about what former presidents have done in the past, as far as national parks, and um, you know the the Northwest Hawaiian Islands. You know Obama, right before he left office, you know made sure that you know that was now a sanctuary. Now Donald Trump's trying to come back in. And go, hey, let's revisit this. Yeah, um, I think that the direction that that we have to look at is how can we be sustainable with our own resources, um, and it, it's super important to keep to keep our resources in check. But if we can find out a harmonious way to do that without having to say say Hawaii is a metaphor for our country. Right. We're bringing in, like I said on the last time I think we talked, like probably 80-90% of our goods are brought into Hawaii. Whereas we could probably flip it and do 80% we could produce ourselves mm-hmm. in Hawaii if we wanted to, which which we should. Yeah. And 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 by and living in a in a harmonious uh envi- like way with the islands and it just needs to be looked at deeper because if we don't use our natural resources then that means we have to be dependent on an outside country to supply us with those natural resources and we're all in this world together so i mean we have plenty of natural resources that haven't been touched but we don't want to destroy those resources as well so it's just got to be a a, someone's got to be knows what they're talking about to 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 really 
uh, go into that. Yeah, thing. well, there's, you know, there's, um, you know, for example, up north at Kukio and Hualalai and all that, they uh, just made that a whole reserve That's great. area. And, um, it, and it was basically because one woman didn't want to see anybody out there fishing in front of her billion-dollar house. Yeah, well, that's the wrong reason. I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of guys are, are super bummed out that they can't dive their spots. Um, but because of the fishing regulations have been so lax here for so many years mm-hmm. that the fish... Like, I remember diving in Kona Town when I was a kid, yeah. and there was loaded fish. And I went there, like, I don't know, 10 years ago or whatever, and it was, like, a completely different scenario. And the same, same with Maui and a lot of highly densely populated areas where I, I remember diving as a kid, and there was fish everywhere. Yeah. And I was just like, wow. And this, this is only in, like, you know, 20 years this has happened. Oh, well, so, just right down here in Hona now at Two Step, same thing. You know, that place used to be just loaded. You could see every fish there was in the world, and that's where everybody goes to dive, and now you can't see anything anymore. And the reason is is because the regulations have been so slack. Like, if you, like, say we're talking about Myrtle Beach and stuff. Right. If you harvest one clam out of season, each clam you have on your boat, it'll be $500 fine. They take your vehicle and your boat, gone. Wow. Like, we don't have any of those regulations in Hawaii at all because... We're, you know, the, yes, we're trying to live off of, off of our natural resources. Given that, if we don't do something more drastic or at least just, like, have some kind of a, a regiment that doesn't allow us to over-harvest certain species, right. then our kids are not going to have anything to live Put on. seasons on certain fish. There, there are some seasons, but it needs, to be, it needs to be ramped up, and there just needs to be more research. And, and if not, like... Only in the last 20 years we've seen a huge change. What's going to happen in 20 years from now or 100 years from now? Like that's one of the biggest reasons why I'm like afraid. If I do have kids, what if are they going to be able to go diving? Mm-hmm. Are they going to be able to see fish swimming around and be able to hunt them? And it's just that's uh, that's the the biggest concern I have. But um, yeah, definitely needs to be more research done on on some of the reef fish, especially. Now, which ones would you partic- particularly that, but can't even say it, particularly try and save right now. Which ones are you seeing numbers dwindling um, big time? I, well, I see... Because you're in the water. You're underwater. I'm not. I'm yeah, above the water. Yep, exactly. So I see... I've dove just like in the last... I mean, forever. I've, I've seen the spots that are that, that they get a lot of pressure, mm-hmm. and I've seen the spots that get no pressure, and I see what fish are more prevalent. Right. And uh, it's like night and day. Yeah. And, and the uhu is one of them. The parrotfish is definitely one of them because they're, you know, fairly big bodied mm-hmm. and they, they can, they're good eating. If you like, if you like, you know, reef fish, I think it's one of the best eating. But uh, yeah, the uhu is definitely one, especially now that we know that they're the, one of the major uh, factors in keeping the reef clean. Uh, I would say definitely the uhu is one of them. Um, there's, there's other, there's but we other, also have fish out there that need to get eradicated. Yeah, such so as the Roy's, the Roy's, yeah. Which there's another um, reason that we need people that are educated making our decisions. Uh, they brought Roy's and ta- and taapes and toals in for as a food source, and taape doesn't taste good. And right. Roy gets sick of Terra, even though it would be awesome. I wish we had grouper in Hawaii because grouper, like in the Carolinas, is like the best selling fish. Right. It's so good. But and which is that's what a roy is. It's a type of a grouper, yeah. and the snappers are the are the um, tapes and whatnot. But they don't taste good, and the roys get sick of terror, And it's just like, what and were they, they thinking? Overpopulate. So, and because so that's another thing. People don't shoot the roys because they get sick of terror, and then they eat all the lobster brill and all the other um, the brine and you know, all the babies and. And then the aluas come and they eat the roys. And uh, so now the alua's got cigatera. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, alua is, is one of the species that keeps the reef clean with, you know, they're, they're the dominant predator on the reefs besides sharks. Trevally. Yeah, yeah they're, and they're, they're super majestic, beautiful fish. And I, and I think the last one I shot, uh, I think it was the only big alua that I shot. It wasn't even that big. It was only like 50 pounds and uh-huh. it bent my spear in half. And I was like... Why did I kill this thing? It's I like you know it, I ate it, but if they get any bigger, you can smoke them and whatnot. But uh, it just it wasn't my first choice, and they're such such beautiful, strong animals. I just I just when I see them now, I just watch them swim by and just right. in awe. Right. But not to say that you know. Well, down in Fiji, they're loaded with them. 
Yeah, they're loaded, and that's how every reef should be. It yeah. should be those the predators like like Alua should be the dominant uh, on the reef, keeping the reef clean. Like sharks, you have to have sharks and Aluas in the reef to keep the ecosystem going health like properly. Mm-hmm. Like if you when I go to a spot and there's a lot of sharks, I know the reef is healthy. Right. You know, it's when you don't see the sharks. Sharks are like I'm not hanging out here. Do you there's see nothing any to eat. Sharks on this trip. Oh, of course. Yeah, at South Point, there's there's sharks out there that are that are just trained. Like, if you shoot your gun off and you don't even hit anything, they'll come and check it out because right. they just are trained to that noise and guys are out there feeding them, you know, which we do too. I mean, you're out there trying to bait up the the the, the, the same predatory fish that, you know, sharks are going to eat the same thing. i got to grab my bag. That was the highest wave King right tide there. coming. Yeah. But, yeah, there's, there's, some, there's always sharks down there. They're eating all the polo that you're trying to attract the onos and the ahis with. And what do you do whenever, you know, you're talking about Paulo? What is, for all these people that don't know, I know what it is, but explain well, to us what uh, is Paulo. Paulo could be a lot of different things. Like when you go on the boat and you get sick and you throw up, that, that, that could <laughs> right. be Paulo. Or in this case, it's just some, uh, some cut up fish, you know, just to get the smell in the water for the, for the onos of the eyes to come up and try to check it out and see if they'll come off the bottom or come from, you know, from wherever they are to come see you and what's going on. And how fast do they usually come in? Uh, you know, it just depends on on their mood. What are you talking about, the sharks? No, the, or the fish. The fish. Yeah. Well, After, once you start baiting them, following them. Uh, sometimes they just cruise in like they're not a care in the world, and the same with the sharks. But I, I witnessed on the trip before this, the sharks are around, and then the ahis came around, and they were in a competition. Uh-huh. So I didn't get a, even have a chance to shoot any of the ahis because they were going at mock speeds because they were trying to get the bait before the sharks right. got them. Right. But had the sharks not been there, when I've seen them, they're just kind of wiggling around, just kind of just coming up, and they don't care if you're going down at the same time. If you if if you actually have a big piece, you know, like a opella or whatever, dropping, and the ahi's going for it, if you go for it, they'll try to get it there before you because they're trying to right. get that bait because they're in a competition with you, and then you get to shoot them. Right. But yeah, um, the the I see the ahi's are so freaking fast, dude. It's a freaking well, joke. Yeah, they're they're that's why they call them that because they're they're they burn a hole in your hand. The ahi's that's what the Hawaiians oh, yeah. named them that. Uh, last year when I had Jim Burnworth here, um, we went on the Maverick. And so we're way out at F. Bowie in the middle of nowhere and uh, found a school of ahi out there, started chumming the water, polloing, and, and um, ahis are just coming up, and I'm trying to shoot them with my bow. So I got the whole bow fishing set Oh, up. man, you're about to get spooled. Oh, my God. Dude, I was just missing them, just missing them. Um, but I just could They were coming. They were so fast. Yeah. Yeah. I needed a really, really big one to be a little bit slower, but even the big ones were super fast. Then you got to be on like one of those bluefin boats and just throw the spear on them, which is another species that's not really sustainable to harvest. And, but, uh, right. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that, that's, I trip out. And when guys do that, that you're up on the bow of the boat and just throwing that huge, you know, harpoon. harpoon yeah. Right. I just, uh, read yesterday that there is a Hawaiian bluefin. I didn't even know we had bluefin out here. Uh, Somebody was telling me that there was bluefin in San Diego. Well, that's the coast well, the El Nino, you know, like brings in all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah, but there's definitely bluefin off of San Diego. But they had some, they had like all kinds of crazy fish showing up all all different places this this last couple of years because of El Nino. Right, like sea snakes up in L.A. Yeah, shit like that. Yeah, know? I think they had uh, they had some some someone got some onos like up way up north, like some crazy spots. Yeah, I don't I don't remember where it probably. was, but yeah. But, yeah, I, I had no idea. And they're actually native to Hawaii is the Hawaiian bluefin. And they're huge. Mm-hmm. I had no clue that they were out here. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the ocean. They don't really know boundaries. That's yeah. the thing, you know. Did you like, see any marlin while you were out there? On this trip? No. Yeah. I, actually, I've never, I've never seen a marlin while, I was been, while I've been diving. I, haven't, I just haven't been lucky enough to see one. I don't even know if I would shoot one per se unless I had my really big rig and we had a boat that could really process the marlin and I think they're 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 just really majestic fish but if it was like a you know a good eating size they're good eating kind of yeah. like the not too big of ones you know I don't I like the pokey on them under 300 yeah exactly yeah get but the rats like yeah but th- I mean that's one of our uh 
one of our biggest industries is sport fishing and and people come here to catch marlins like when we go to costa rica when i was when i was a kid and we caught like five sailfish and they let everyone go because they want the gringos to come back and pay to take them back out to catch those same exact fish yeah. repeatedly and so that's another like thing that how you know they're actually more on it than we are with with sustainability because you know, it's like the the Easter Island tale. After a certain point, there's no more trees to cut down to mm-hmm. to facilitate their machine, and then what? Right. You know, so we just have to stop before that that happens. And you know, like talking about the refish, you know, they can't reproduce if they're in your freezer. Right. So my biggest thing would be take what you need. You know, like when you're talking uh, to to Omayan about his childhood, mm-hmm. which was a great podcast. He said every day they go out. And they harvest what they're going to take that day. Exactly. And that's not a reality for everybody. But when you are going to, you know, maybe go out and eat some fish from, from the reef, I would say that would be the, the most uh, responsible form of, of harvesting is just taking what you need for that day or maybe the next day and um, to keep it so the next generation can have the same action that we have. Yeah. Yeah. And be able yeah. to indulge. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm exactly the same way. And, um, you know, when Hans, Hans got here, uh, I think the day before you, and he went out with his buddy, um, can't remember the guy's name, but he went out and they got an Ono, mm-hmm. and they had a 300-pound marlin come in. And the guy didn't take the shot. He was pretty scared. Well, he had the wrong setup, and that's what I mean. You don't shoot a marlin with a, du- a double-band gun and just a little reel on it. That's not ethical. Right. It's like you don't you don't shoot a deer or something when all you can see is his ass. You know, like you right. want to with, with that Marlin, like the chances of him stoning that thing with that little gun was like one in ten probably. Right. But if you had his you know his three eighth six band tuna gun with a with a with a float bungee line and everything, then yeah, he that's that's when you do it. You know, Dude, when, I just I seriously just looked at my watch. It's eight fifteen. You have a nine o'clock flight. We're still in Conantown. Have to get out of here now. You, you have to get out of <laughs> here now, <laughs> um, dude. Thanks for being on the show again. Let's uh, try and hook back up and do another one in the next couple of weeks. Um, Let's do it, and we'll get another guest on to to do a little tri- triangle. Maybe. Yes, we need to get some of the Rothman boys on here. Uh, we got a, We got a whole list of guys that we need to get on the show yeah. that that'll uh, offer some interesting insights, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I want to get over to Maui next week. Maybe you can put me on a nice big buck for myself. All right. Well, let's do and, it. Uh, but otherwise, dude, have a safe trip. Ahoy ho. Thanks for, Thanks for being goes. on the show. Talk Thanks, everyone, soon. for tuning in. And until next time, ahoy ho. Aloha. Thanks, Nessa, for being on the show, and thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And a big shout-out to all my sponsors for making this happen, such as Mogaleli Airlines. Mogaleli is a family-owned and operated business that tries to make your inner island travel as easy and affordable as possible. With over 120 flights daily throughout the Hawaiian Islands, with no TSA, why would you not want to book your next trip or upcoming vacation with Mogaleli Airlines? You can find them at mokalele.com or on Facebook at Mokalele, at Twitter at Mokalele Air, and Instagram is Mokalele Airlines. Also, thank you to GoPro. GoPro has been transforming the way people visually capture and share their lives. What began as an idea to help athletes self-document themselves engaged in their sport, GoPro has become a standard for how people capture themselves engaged in their interests, whatever they may be, from extreme to mainstream, professional to consumer. GoPro enables the world to capture and share its passion in the form of immersive and engaging content. For more information, go to GoPro.com or visit them on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Uh, Big shout out to one of my... uh, favorite sponsors well they're all my favorite sponsors but you know this one i get to drink every single day and uh it keeps me energized all throughout the day and it's green superfood brew i've got to tell you these guys are legit they're based out of kailua on oahu and their mission is to help support healthy and active lifestyles with their organic and kick-ass beverage green superfood brew is a go-to for beverage for surfers for divers for hunters for pretty much anyone who lives in action-packed lifestyle. Um, This certified organic brew contains powerful green tea to give you a natural boost, 
hydrating coconut water to keep you going strong, and kale to keep your body loaded up with all the phytonutrients. Um, look, guys, if you haven't tried green uh, yet, you seriously don't know what you're missing. But good news is the boys at Green believe in their products so much, and so do I, that they're willing to let you try it for free. Just go to their website. That's gr3en.org. Use promo code DOZER3, and you get a three-can trial pack for free. All you get to do is pay the flat rate USPS postage, and you get the cans delivered to your door. Um, this stuff is legit, guys. You, you don't want to pass it up. Um, so go find out uh, firsthand what makes a super functional beverage, what it can do for you. I love the way it makes me, how it makes me feel, and I'm confident you will too. So try three for free today. Go to the website that's gr3en.org. Use the promo code DOZER3 and get a three-can trial pack for free. Um, there's also a link on my website for that as well. Oakley sunglasses. These things, I love them. All their prism lenses, I wear them everywhere I go. I'm super stoked because I'm getting old right now and I'm having to read some of this stuff and um, haven't been able to see clearly. And Oakley just got me set up with new daily spectacles for my eyes. You'll be seeing pictures of them on social media, but I, look, I think I look pretty dang good, man. Um, they have a reading, they're progressives, they have a reading side, they have, you know, plus they make everything else look clear as well too. Super, super stoked with them. And uh, yeah, really, really excited. So go check them out at oakley.com and get what you need. Um, Kona Coffee and Tea, it's where I get my morning crack every single morning, best coffee in the world. It's grown up on the slopes of Hualalai, brought down, roasted fresh every single morning down to the store so you and I can enjoy it. Um, go in there. I'm usually in there every morning, um, hanging out with my friends, getting a cup of coffee. So go in there, check it out, get you a cup, uh, look for me, and uh, tell them you heard it on Doze Nose. They'll probably give you a pretty good discount too. Uh, Maverick Sport Fishing. If you're ever in Kona, you want to catch that thousand pound marlin or those giant ahi, then go check out Captain Trevor Child um, at 808-896-7985 or mavericksportfishingkona.com. Um, they specialize in half-day charters, three-quarter-day charters, full-day charters, overnight charters. It's uh, top-of-the-line gear. It's the most incredible boat. I got to tell you, it's got bedrooms, bathrooms, um, kitchen, living room. The crew is the best there is. Um, so go please call Captain Trevor Child at Maverick Sport Fishing and uh, see what they can help hook you up with, literally. Um, also, if you're ever in Kona, uh, make sure that your first stop should be Kona Boys. They've been serving up gear for Island Life since uh, 1996. They're the one-stop shop for ocean fun. They operate a legit selection of local-style activities, including historical va'a rides, paddleboard tours and lessons, and they're one of the only companies permitted to do kayak tours in Kealakekua Bay. So if you need rentals for boards, bikes, boogies, or other beach goodies, Kona Boys is your spot. They have two locations, one down at the King Kamehameha Beach Hotel, and then one down in Kalakekua. Um, they've got all kinds of killer gear. Um, you know, the store's just loaded with their own lines with Patagonia and um, surfboards and stand-up paddleboards and anything you can think of for the ocean, they have it there. Um, you can also go check them out online at KonaBoys.com. And don't forget, at checkout, um, just uh, write in Doze, what is it, uh, Doze Nose, and uh, you can get 15% off. So, Or whether you walk into the store, just say you heard it on Doze Nose, they'll give you 15% off. So that's Kona Boys. Go check them out. Hurley Clothing, some of the best board shorts on the planet. It just came out with this new ultra-thin uh, jacket, wetsuit jacket. I love it. It's perfect for here in Hawaii where you just get those light trade winds that are blowing it. Just put a little chill on you, but the water's still really warm. Um, yeah, I love this little thin skin thing that they have. 
Uh, go check it out at Hurley.com and tell them you heard it on Doe's Mouse. Uh, original Nutritionals. This isn't your regular meathead supplement, supplement brand. It's just pure basic and essential food and supplements to support what they call a clean athlete lifestyle. My buddy Logan founded the company with a food-first approach, working with average men and women like you and I to the best action sports stars and team sport athletes in the world. These guys know how to do it right. Head over to OriginalNutritionals.com, grab what you need, and uh, all you got to do is enter in promo code Nose at checkout and get 15% off. That's 15% off with Doze Nose at Original Nutritionals. Well, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And until next time, uh, we hope.